0: Section 19 of the Shakespeare Storybook. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Shakespeare Storybook by Mary MacLeod. As You Like It, Part 2 In the Forest of Arden. On reaching home after the wrestling match, Orlando was met by the old retainer, Adam, who implored him to fly at once the fame of his victory had already reached oliver's ears and he was so incensed at the praises lavished on his brother that he was quite resolved to do away with him by some means or other the faithful old man went on to say that he had five hundred crowns saved during his service with his late master and he begged orlando to take this money and also to let him go with him as his servant he was old he said but still strong and active AND CAN SERVE HIM AS WELL AS A YOUNGER MAN. Orlando was deeply touched by the fidelity and devotion of this old retainer, and willingly agreed to his request, saying that before the money was spent, they would doubtless have found some humble means of support. So the outcasts departed. The young man left the home of his father, and the old man the place where he had spent more than sixty years of faithful service. They started not unhopefully, but manners did not go well with them. Scarcely knowing where to direct their steps, they plunged into the forest of Arden, and there, in the depths of the greenwood, they lost their way. Worn out with fatigue, almost starving for food, they wandered on, till at last Adam's strength failed, and he sank to the ground. "'Dear Master,' i can go no further oh i die for food he gasped farewell kind master with the tenderest of words orlando strove to cheer the poor old man and carefully placing him in a more sheltered spot he dashed off almost desperate in his quest for food not far off in the forest a very different scene was taking place in the bright days of early summer the days slipped pleasantly past with the banished duke and his little band of faithful followers clad in their forester's garb and living the simple life of outlaws they hunted sang laughed and feasted under the greenwood tree the most notable of the band was a certain lord called jaquiz who had been a brilliant and reckless courtier in his early days, but was now a cynic and philosopher, half-sad, half-satiric, whose moods seemed to vary between biting humor and pensive melancholy. He had a sharp tongue, and took no pains to make himself agreeable, but his quaint moralizings afforded much entertainment to his companions, and especially to the duke. On the day when Orlando and Adam were starving in one part of the forest, the Duke and his band were having a merry time in the other part. One of the lords, by name Amiens, could sing very pleasingly, and he now led a ditty in praise of their woodland life, while the others joined in the chorus. Under the greenwood tree, who loves to lie with me, and turn his merry note unto the sweet bird's throat? come hither come hither come hither here shall he see no enemy but winter and rough weather who doth ambition shun and loves to live in the sun seeking the food he eats and pleased with what he gets come hither come hither come hither here shall he see no enemy but winter and rough weather THE BANQUET WAS SPREAD, AND THE DUKE HAD TAKEN HIS PLACE WHEN JAQUES CAME UP, APPARENTLY MUCH DIVERTED WITH SOMETHING HE HAD JUST SEEN. A FOOL, A FOOL, HE CRIED. I met A FOOL IN THE FOREST. THE CYNICAL LORD WAS AMUSED TO FIND A FELLOW PHILOSOPHER UNDER THE motley OF A FOOL, AND QUOTED THE MANGLED SCRAPS OF MORAL WISDOM HE HAD LET FALL, WITH MUCH ENJOYMENT. "'Good-morrow, fool,' quoth I. "'No, sir,' quoth he, "'call me not a fool till heaven hath sent me fortune.' Then he drew a dial from his pocket, and, looking at it with his dull eyes, said very wisely, "'It is ten o'clock, thus we may see how the world wags. An hour ago it was nine o'clock, and in another hour it will be eleven, and so from hour to hour we ripe and ripe, and from hour to hour we rot and rot.' and thereby hangs a tale Jaques was greatly diverted at the idea of a fool in motley moralizing thus on the time and declared that henceforth he intended to don a fool's dress himself in order that he might have the privilege that fools have of speaking out his mind freely on all occasions and those that are most hurt with my folly he said they most must laugh dress me in motley and give me leave to speak my mind and i will guarantee to cure the world of much evil the duke would not agree that jacques plan for reforming the world was a good one and reminded jacques that he himself was anything but free from faults Jaquiz still held to his opinion and was arguing the matter when their discussion was interrupted by the startling appearance of a haggard youth with a drawn sword who demanded food in the most peremptory fashion and threatened to kill anyone who attempted to eat until his wants were supplied i almost die for food let me have it he cried fiercely sit down and feed and welcome to our table said the duke kindly when orlando saw the gentleness of the duke and that there was no occasion for such violence on his part he softened at once asked their pardon and explained that he had only put on this stern manner of command because he expected to find everything in the forest rude and savage he implored them if ever they had led a gentle civilized life and knew what pity was that they would refrain from eating till he had fetched a poor old man who was spent with age and hunger till he was first satisfied orlando said he would not touch a bit the duke bade orlando go and fetch adam and when they returned he made them sit down and eat before he troubled them with any questions to give them time to recover he called for some music and bade amiens sing blow blow thou winter wind Thou art not so unkind as man's ingratitude. Thy tooth is not so keen, because thou art not seen, Although thy breath be rude. Freeze, freeze, thou bitter sky, That dost not bite so nigh as benefits forgot. Though thou the waters warp, thy sting is not so sharp As friend remembered not. While the song was being sung, Orlando was able to tell the Duke, in a low voice, a little of his story, and hearing that he was the son of his dear friend, Sir Roland Boys, the Duke gave him a hearty welcome, and carried him off to his own cave to hear the rest of his adventures. Old Adam, too, was made right welcome, and so, for the present, he and his master contentedly stayed on with the outlaws. The fool whom Jaques had met in the forest was Touchstone. Like Orlando and Adam, the other party of wanderers were very weary before they found a resting place. Rosalind and Celia, attended by the court jester, had come in search of Rosalind's father, but so far they had found no trace of the banished duke. Celia was tired, and Touchstone was cross, but Rosalind did her best to encourage her companions well this is the forest of arden she said cheerfully ay now i'm in arden grumbled touchstone the more fool i when i was at home i was in a better place but travellers must be content ay be so good touchstone counselled rosalind look you who comes here a young man and an old in solemn talk the newcomers were two shepherds called corin and sylvius the young man sylvius soon went away and then Rosalind appealed to the old shepherd asking if he could direct them to any place where they could rest themselves and get something to eat corin replied that he would gladly have helped them if he could but his fortune was very humble he was only shepherd to another man and did not own the flocks he looked after his master was very churlish and inhospitable, and besides, at this moment his cottage and flocks were on sale, so there was no food at home that he could offer them. However, if they liked to come and rest in the cottage, they were heartily welcome. Rosalind asked who was going to buy the flock and pasture. Corin replied that it was the young Swain who had just left them, and who cared nothing at all about the matter. "'I pray you,' if you can do so honestly buy the cottage pasture and flock said rosalind and we will give you the money to pay for them and we will increase your wages added celia i like this place and would willingly spend some time here so celia and rosalind still attended by touchstone took up their abode in the shepherd's cottage and that was how the cynical lord jacques Happened to meet the fool in the forest. End of section nineteen.